Okay, thanks, Carol. So we're thinking this morning about God is holy. I'd love to take the time to hear from you a little bit about what has been shaping your thinking, your life, your encounters with God from the series so far. But I guess the clock is ticking and I'm probably not allowed to do that. But maybe afterwards you can share some of those things with me. God is holy. How can we understand what that means? Can we understand? I mean, after all, what we're talking about is is God who we can only glimpse a little of. Yes, we see him in lots of different ways, but to try and understand something of the very nature and being of who God is, I wonder if it's not simply beyond our human mind's capacity, beyond what we can engage with emotionally, physically, mentally. And yet here's the challenge, isn't it? Because at the same time, as those who are created in the image of God, as those who seek to walk faithfully, we are called to be holy as he is holy. Leviticus Chapter 11, verse 44 says, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy, for I am holy. It's repeated again in the New Testament. You can read, for example, 1 Peter. Chapter 1 and verse 15 and 16 says, But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all of your behavior, Because it's written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So throughout Scripture, we're called to be holy because God is holy. And so because God calls us to be like him, we do need to try and wrestle and grow our understanding. I'm not sure if I've got any answers for you this morning. But let's go on a journey together and see if we can't grow our understanding just a little bit more of what holy tells us about who God is and what the implications of that might be for us. One of the things we hear people say regularly, and I've said it myself, is if only God would speak. If only I could see him and ask questions of him. Now, normally we say that at times when life is challenging, when the struggles, when the answers in front of us are unclear or not visible to us. So let's read our passage this morning. It comes from Isaiah chapter 6, and we're reading verses 1 to 3. Isaiah chapter 6, 1 to 3 says this. In the year that King Uzziah died... I saw the Lord, high and exalted, sitting on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, 
and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of, a glo- full of his glory. So here's a truth that we have to hold on to as we start out this morning. God, who is holy, reveals himself to us. Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. Now, for some of us, that's immediately going to create a sense of conflict in our thinking because doesn't God say to Moses in Exodus chapter 33, you cannot see my face and live. And there in Exodus, if you know the story, Moses asked to see God and God says, you can't do it. I'm going to put you in this rock. I'm going to cover you with my hand. And as Moses then, as God passes by Moses, he raises his hand and Moses sees his back. And then we know of what Jesus says in the New Testament because he says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So we've got this tension, haven't we? see God face to face and yet we've seen and encountered Jesus we've seen the father so we need to hold on to this truth God who is holy is a God who makes himself known he reveals who he is and so as we explore what Isaiah says this morning let's look at this passage and see what God reveals about himself And the thing that struck me most as I looked at at this, because we start off with all of these explanations, you know, holy means set apart and other and all of those things that you can look up in the dictionary and find. But what does it really mean? And here was the thing that struck me. It starts with God. You might say, well, thank you for that profound insight. But it's true, it, this, we're talking about God who is holy. It's about God, it's not about us. God defines what holiness is. The fact that he calls us to be holy as he is holy does not make us the starting point of trying to understand what holy means. It starts with God, because God's not holy simply in opposition to what we are. God's not holy in comparison to us. But God is holy in the very nature and being of who he is. You see, Isaiah gives this short context at the beginning of those verses, doesn't he? And then he says, I saw the Lord. It starts with God. So that's the first thing I think we need to hold on to as we think about this, that it starts with God. Holy is defined by who God is, not by who he is in comparison to us. The second thing that I see there is that God is alive. Isaiah tells us in the very beginning words, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He saw the Lord who was alive. King Uzziah is dead, this great king and one of, the, one of the good kings of Israel's history in so many ways. He was dead, but God was alive. 
And he wasn't just alive, he was alive and glorious. And here's the truth, God is not a holy object that we put on a shelf and give adoration to. God is a living being, holy, in the very life that he lives. He's holy, not an object that we just worship as something up there, alive. And the other part of this, if you look at it, where does... Where does Isaiah encounter God? In the temple. You see, the temple was the place of relationship. It was the place where the people came to together to receive God's revelations and to offer back to him. So God is alive and God is a God God who desires relationship. I find that profound, don't you? I've been a follower of Jesus for many, many years now. But sometimes it still takes my breath away that God, in in the temple, who reveals himself and all we can see is just the hem of his robe, that he desires relationship with us. This This is still God who's holy. This is not another God. That same God who is holy is a God who is alive and desires intimate relationship of knowing and of being known. But Isaiah goes on, doesn't he? Because he talks about God being high and exalted. I saw the Lord high and exalted. When we try to describe God as holy, we often revert to describing God as other. So different from us, so far removed. We struggle with language, doesn't it? We think language is great and language is my creative creativity, but I still, what language do we use to give the reality of God who is high and exalted? And there is an element of that that is true, that the difference, the distance is there. And you read the book of Isaiah and you see these images created again and again of the distance between God who is holy and people. You can read, for example, in Isaiah chapter 2, something like this. So man is humbled and each one is brought low. Do not forgive them. Enter into the rock and hide in the dust from before the terror of the Lord, from the splendor of his majesty. The haughty looks of men shall be brought low and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled. And the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. So God, who is high and lifted up, part of trying to give description to him as holy, as Isaiah does for us here. Also, there is this sense that in the presence of such awesome, exalted holiness, you and I sense our lowliness, our humbleness. So that's one one side of understanding God is high and lifted up, but I think there's another side And I find it in the songs of worship that are so often captured in the Psalms. Because there we we see what happens when you see and you experience God in his majesty. 
When you see him as high and lifted up, it calls forth praise and worship from the psalmist. Let's read just one of those passages and look, you could choose any, but I'm in Isaiah, I mean Psalm 57, verses 5 to 11. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all of the earth. And then we have what happens when the psalmist sees himself. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O Lord, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. And here's the reality. God is not like any other God that we might pursue. God is high and exalted. He's glorious. And it brings out from within us these songs of delight and worship. We're drawn towards him even as we must bow down before him. So as we're seeking, as we're wrestling, words are just so inadequate to really grasp anything of what this is about God is holy. But we know several things now already, don't we? We know that God reveals himself. We know that it starts with God. We know that God is alive and that he seeks relationship. And that God is high and exalted. But Isaiah goes on to speak about God being clothed in glory. What he actually sees is just the train of his robe. And again, you get this sense of Isaiah not having words to be able to describe this revelation he has of the nature and being of the reality of a holy God. And yet the vision's more than that because he adds a little bit later in it, just a couple of verses down, that the train of the robe, to that he adds this description of the temple being filled with smoke. So God's glory, how can we describe it? Isaiah uses images, doesn't he? Metaphors or pictures to give us some insight into God. Elsewhere, we see God's glory described as brightness, as light, as presence. These things all point to God revealing himself, but they go further. They speak of something that we can glimpse, and yet we know that it's more than what we can see and more than what we can really describe. We cannot look upon it fully. For example, as you cannot look fully on the sun. You stare at the sun and you're in trouble with your eyes. God's glory is so immense, so great, you and I cannot overshadow it. John tells us in the gospel, doesn't he, that the, the darkness does not comprehend it. So glory is both the incomprehensibility that 
the inability to understand the majesty and greatness of God, that it's, we catch glimpses of it and we look for words and pictures to try and describe it. But it's also God revealing himself. So it is both of these things, incomprehensible, beyond just those glimpses, and yet it's also about God revealing himself and letting himself be known and seen in the world. And then we have this rather strange picture, seraphim, six wings, I have no idea what that looks like. But what we do know is that they're serving and worshipping God. And that tells us something more of, of God's holiness. God is holy, ascribes to him his worth. Holy, holy, holy. In the song of the seraphim, we're not just given a glimpse of God's holiness, as we've been given so far in Isaiah's descriptions. What we have here is a clear and complete declaration of who God is. God is holy. Holy is that word that I think God's gifted to us for worshipping him. When we don't know what else to say, when we seek to declare to the world who God is, we declare with the seraphim, holy, holy, holy. Holy, someone has said, is the adjectival form of God. You know, it's the, we use it to describe him, but it's another word that we would use for God. In his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, A.W. Tozer says this as we try to understand God is the absolute quintessence of moral excellence, infinitely perfect in righteousness, purity and rectitude. We cannot grasp the true meaning of the divine holiness by simply thinking of someone or something very pure and then raising the concept to the highest degree we're capable of. Only the spirit of the Holy One can impart to the human spirit the knowledge of the Holy Sometimes we should just sit in silence and let this thought of the holiness of God speak to us. But all good sermons are supposed to apply them, so let me see if I can give us some applications very quickly. We need to look at the context of this declaration, this vision that Isaiah has. King Uzziah was one of Israel's better kings. You can read his story in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. He's described as he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord in verse 4. He set himself to seek God and God made him prosper. All of those things that describe a, a king who thrived under the kingship of, G, of God. But, and sadly there is a but, in verses 15 and 16 of that chapter of 2 Chronicles, it says his fame spread far for he was marvellously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. Decline came. Not only to King Uzziah, but his story became the story of the nation. And it's in this context that Isaiah 
has this vision of a, nat a nation who has become morally corrupt and spiritually proud, all of it leading to their destructions. So why a picture of God's holiness? Doesn't that make it even harder? Well, I want to suggest this to us this morning. God's holiness offers us hope. God, that God is holy is a message of hope to us, his people. Because whatever the political, social, economic circumstances we face as the people of God, we have a king who is alive, who seeks relationship with us, who is high and exalted. There is hope. The question then we ask is, so where's our confidence today? God appeared to Isaiah at this time of political crisis and turmoil and his revelation was that he was holy. So it's an invitation to live with hope as a model of the message that was the foundation of Isaiah's commission. When we look around today and wonder if God still speaks, if he still cares, does he still reveal himself, can we have hope? Economic pressures seem to be making us less compassionate and generous towards others, including each other. We've become more nationalistic, which seems to mean protecting self, more than caring for those around us. We don't need to list out the pain and the brokenness and, yes, the sinfulness of our world. But here's the truth. We have hope. For God is holy. He will deal with sin and evil and brokenness. He is the king. And the earth will be filled with his glory. There is a second thing that I think comes out of that. And we didn't read it, but you can't read this passage without going to verse 5. And verse 5, Isaiah's response is, Woe is me, for I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Isaiah shows us what really happens when we see the Lord, when we see him in his holiness. Sometimes in my longings to see and know God, I think of this passage and I'm really confronted because I'm not sure I want what happened to Isaiah in verse 5. I want 1 to 3, that's really good. But 1 to 3 are followed by what comes after. When we hear descriptions of revivals such as on the Isle of Aaron, there was deep conviction of sin and feelings of unworthiness that led the people to cry out, what shall we do to be saved? There are many calls to repentance to pave the way for revival and indeed we do want to call each other to repentance. But I think we should be praying for something more. Because it's only a revelation of our holy God that will lead us to repentance that really breaks, that really helps us see who we are. Now, I know it's not always acceptable to talk about sin. However, this vision that Isaiah saw calls us to see ourselves in the light of who God is. And remember, there is hope. 
I don't offer an easy message of hope, but God is alive and he desires relationship. So confession will bring forgiveness and hope. And then finally, let me say that we're called to live holy. How are we supposed to do that? Now, if you read the Old Testament, Leviticus is full of all these regulations that showed the people how they were to live as those who were honouring and worshipping a holy God. Today, we live under a new relationship with God that is rooted in the reality of Jesus and his salvation that he brings for us. So how do we live holy lives that show the world around us that God really what God is really like, that he is holy. There are many passages, but let me just give a couple of reflections from Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Where to live with different patterns of behaviour, of relationships, of economics, of politics, of social community, of justice, of compassion. We should be different to the world. We're shaped by different ways of knowing what it is to belong, to care for others and for ourselves. And the pattern comes from lives transformed by knowing that God is holy. We honour God and we represent him to the world around us. We display the glory of God to the world. That's what we're called to do as his people. We live with hope and offer that hope to the world. Not a simplistic hope that says everything's going to be all right. It's a hope that says when we seek God, when we live according to his patterns of life in community, when we honour each other as we honour God, we put off selfish desires and patterns of living and relationship. It's a journey, and it requires a loving and generous community in which to learn to live well. Where we see Christ modelled, where we're open to accountability, where we're encouraged and nurtured, where we see that God is holy, and we're drawn to pursue learning to be holy as he is holy. One of the images I love in scripture comes from the early part of Genesis. And it's where we're told that God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day. I try to imagine what that must have been like. And there are times when the intimacy, that intimacy and the desire for it are such a deep ache and longing within Now, we know that the entry of sin saw Adam and Eve choose to rebel. And it broke that intimacy. So that God's holiness now can seem for us like a fearful thing. But Isaiah's invitation to us today is to open ourselves to see God in ways that will shatter our own image of self while drawing us into a new intimacy of self in relationship with God who is holy. Are we ready for seeing God when we see the impact of what it had on Isaiah's life? If we long for intimacy, we will have to face who we are before God who is holy. And as we do that, God offers life. 
God, who is holy, invites us, you and me, into relationship. And he calls us to live holy as he is holy. Let's pray. the silence of that moment Lord we maybe we begin to see just a glimpse of what it is to be those who are the people of God who is holy and we hold these two things together that you are holy and yet you call us into relationship and both of those things are true Help us to be people who declare your holiness in the way that we live, in our worship of you, and in our understanding of self. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.